Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with DJ Swerth. He's one of my favorite people in the world because of his positive energy and outlook, giving us all permission to live in the moment, carry a vibe, and dance the night away. In this conversation, we start out by talking about his journey into music and the ins and outs of being a DJ in Portland. Then we do a complete 180 and dive into a topic very close to our hearts that a lot of people have experienced but typically keep to themselves. We take turns sharing the story of losing our mothers, processing the pain and grief while reflecting on the beautiful blessings and lessons our mothers continue to teach us till this day. I hope in this moment of shared vulnerability, we can help others deal with loss and see the beauty that arises from it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. All right, we are live. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. I am joined by Alfie Farnsworth, (laughs) a.k.a. DJ Swarth. What's up? Thank you for doing this. I'm so happy that we can connect. Dude, thank you for for asking me and like pushing me. We were like almost an hour behind, but you know what? Here we are. Yeah, we're definitely here. And I just wanna get a little get our listeners a little background on you before we dive into like our main subject and purpose of this podcast. DJ Swarth, aka G DJ Self Worth. Where did that yeah. name come from? <laughs> Uh, I struggle with the name thing because there's so many DJ names out there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's so many overthought things, right? I mean, I I kind of would think in the back of my head of like, all right, what's simplistic, right? Like what what defines me? You know what I mean? Um, And I thought of my name and I was like, I can just go by Alfred Farnsworth. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick, you know? And now I just went for short and we're talking about my last name. I was like, Dr. Farnsworth, (laughs) Dr. Far, like we're trying something. Yeah. And I was like, Swerth. Hmm. And then just, we just stuck with it. Yeah. So sometimes I use Swerth. Sometimes I use DJ Swerth. Uh huh. Um, it really depends. I mean, I am a DJ like primarily I do like produce and stuff, but I am DJ Swerth mainly. You can't fake the funk. You know what I mean? You got to, stick true to how you started and yeah with vinyl records and been doing it for a while you know we'll be hitting 10 years in like a year and a half or so mm-hmm. year but nice. i mean it's definitely there's some vets out there have been doing it for way longer than that sure um, and we didn't grow up with the vinyl era really you know what i mean not at all not um, at all it seems like the you have to have like that passion to to go dig through the crates and and really become a historian of music yeah. and and make that decision uh where did so where did like the self-worth like that's the element like that i want to tap into is like self-worth and 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 deciding on that to represent yourself like where where did you find self-worth and 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 then have the confidence to apply it to your to your craft and be represented by that concept. Uh, this is pretty corny, but it's it's good to stay self motivated, really. And mm-hmm. um, 
I looked up to punk rock. I kind of grew up with a lot of different genres in the household. So there was punk, there was R&B, hip hop, didn't matter. But there was something that like, you know, Travis Barker, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, Travis yeah. Barker. Blink-182. He had a tattoo on his hand that said self-worth. And it just resonated with me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, wow, this dude came from really nothing, came from nothing. And now this guy is 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 a big deal and, and is influential to musicians now and hip-hop artists. Mm-hmm. You know, he's produced yeah. a lot of different hip-hop artists out yeah. there. But something as simple as that, like seeing that when I was young, and thinking about that and knowing that now, like self-worth, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. I actually taught myself how to DJ. I didn't really have anyone to kind of show me or guide me. Um, I learned how to DJ in like a smaller town. Spent most of my 20s on in the eastern side of Washington. And it it was tough, man. I mean, it was, it was rough. You know what I mean? There was no culture out there. So I had to kind of create my own vibe and create mm-hmm. my own skill set to be honest with you um which is like that's pretty humbling to do i mean honestly like if you're just given a controller as a kid and which is cool there's nothing wrong with that uh then that's that's great but there's something about like really starting from the ground up you know what i mean i mean back then i didn't even have when i was like 22 i didn't have money to even buy a laptop Mm -hmm. so i just bought records here and there i uh, had a guitar amp i didn't even have speakers yeah I played out of a guitar amp. Dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I played out of a guitar amp. Yeah. And um, I remember to this day, dude, thinking that was like, man, I this is great. This is like the <laughs> life right now, dude. Like, I have my little cable plugged in a little, you know, and the, chan- the first channel, the amp, and just playing records. And I had probably like 50 songs. That was it. Yeah. I had 50 songs yeah. for like a party. Yeah. How many do you rock with now? In an hour set, I can go through like ninety tracks. Uh huh. Maybe even more. Yeah. Ninety tracks. I mean, if you think about it, a like intro, chorus, or intro, verse, chorus, forty-five seconds. Yeah. A minute. Yeah. Boom. Because yeah. those like out. those like quick hits, like I, uh, <laughs> uh, reluctantly, not reluctantly, like I wanted to DJ. There was a point where like. Quaz, Quaz was trying to get me to like. Yeah. He was encouraging me, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start DJing because I want to get out there in like the scene and stuff." And I had like a little set like at uh, at uh, one of the pop ups that that Quaz threw. That's a good John, I believe is the is the pop up name. It's um, a good good name. Yeah, that's a good John. And I did my set, and like I I'd, I'd been practicing. I got in a controller. I'd been practicing for like about like a few weeks or something, and got my like hour and a half set together. And like it was fun, super fun. Yeah. But like I didn't realize like how deep DJing goes and and Dude. like you have to be on top of it at all times, like setting all of your your cue points for every single song yeah, and editing them editing them down to like your specifications and then practicing like tails and like the beginnings and the tails and seeing which ones go together yeah. and experimenting cuz like the one uh, that you guys posted a couple like a couple weeks ago where mm-hmm. you had the 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 Drake song mixed with uh what is the other song that it cut out on you and then you guys had like that Oh that yeah so moment. it was so it was sicko mode uh but it was like a really heavily edited it was actually a producer by the name of Austin Mark mm-hmm. who did that 
who has a bunch of cool edits, but I think he he didn't. It was I was blending two different songs. Yeah, I not gonna lie, I don't remember it, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. remember that moment. <laughs> but it, yeah, the moment was fucking classic. That, that was, was fun. that was so fucking funny. Like I asked you to send it to me because it was it needed to be just shared. It was hilarious. But but once I like saw what went into DJing, like I had a whole new respect for DJs and 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 the dedication and the care that it goes into like holding down a night. Like especially Dude, like, like you run it like Lulu's like I'm just like oh fuck like just to hold it down and just seamlessly like like engage with people yeah. but then also have like these tracks that are constantly going and setting up the next one and yeah and it, it has to be seamless like people can't notice you like yeah. they can they can participate in 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 dance with the vibe but like they you shouldn't be catching anybody off guard like it should be like in line with the night that they're having as yep. far as like the flow is concerned dude a lot of djing is very like social life it's like i guess like social cues mm-hmm. it really is because you're working with people you're dealing with people and a lot of djs don't want anybody to bother them i mean you get to a point where you're big enough to where you don't actually have to have anybody talk to you there's a a bar or, or i guess a club in the pearl I have security at my booth. No one really messes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to that point where that's, wow, that's great. I'll take requests, you know. I think you have to learn how to be social while being in the presence as a DJ. Because there's a lot of bedroom DJs. If you're practicing and you really know how to cut, you're scratching or you're blending, mixing, EQing, or whatever you're doing. That applies, obviously, to like actually DJing. But... When you're thrown into the club or into a bar and there's people, you know, there's people looking at you. You switch a song out. It sounds whack. People look at you then. You really mm. have to put on that poker face. Yeah. You have to put on that, like, everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Because if you're sweating, they sweat for you. Yeah. Then they feel bad for you, but then you feel, you know, it's like a whole thing. The one thing that I think people don't realize in a lot of things in life is, like, you have to suck at first. Unless you're some prodigy, right? Yeah. But like most most art. <laughs> most art that you do, whether it's photography, drawing, like whatever it is, you have to suck at first because mm-hmm. you learn the ins and outs of things. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Um, I just dove in when I first started because I didn't have anything going on in my life. You know, I was college dropout. I wasn't doing much. You know, I was just working wherever I can find a job. And, uh, and I just pushed myself, man. I just said, I love music. You know, I was in a bunch of bands. I played guitar and I played drums for different bands here and there. But for me, it was really hard to meet up with a group of guys as a band. It's really, hey, we're meeting up at, I mean, dude, it took us 45 minutes to get to my place just now, this mm-hmm. morning. And that's two of us. Yeah. You yeah. know, but getting a band together for a rehearsal, it's a, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, someone doesn't show, then you're missing the guitarist. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I remember coming across a DJ. It's kind of an interesting story. Uh, I So I did get curious about DJing through one DJ. His name was Nick, and he was passing through town going to school. Or he was like a apprentice for a winery in the area I lived in. And he's a cool dude. From like South Carolina, just 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 a cool chill dude, and he was like, "Hey man, I'm throwing a party, I'm DJing." I was like, "DJing, like what?" And I was listening to like 
at that time I was listening to a lot of like Justice, a lot of like kind. It wasn't EDM, but it was a lot of just electronic music, like MGMT type kind of, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind yeah. of the, the hipster yeah, electronic that music. Yeah, was tight. That was, shit was tight. It was, dude. It was yeah. a whole thing, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I was like DJing. What are you mm-hmm. talking about, bro? Like, you're just going to de- – like, who are you Who you are? You know what I mean? Sure enough, I go to this party and it was, like, a really cool vibe. He had speakers set up. He had two turntables, actual decks. He had two techniques or techniques and a mixer. And he was running Serato off of uh, an old, like, MacBook Pro, the old big, bulky, like, mm-hmm. all silver one. And I was like, what is going on? It was, like, a 17-inch, too. I was like, what the? What is going on with this guy? What's it? So I just got curious. I was just like, yo, what's up? And he was like, dude, check it out. Look at the screen. And it was like, dude, I could have been reading Spanish, bro. Like, yeah. I don't speak Spanish. You know what I mean? I could be reading something I have no idea about because that's what it was. And it's like, whoa, that's really cool. I've always liked parties. Uh, my parents were super into music. Mm-hmm. Like, always had music around. They had parties. They had me super young, actually. How old were they? My mom was 19 when she had me. My dad was 21. Oh, wow. Super <laughs> young. Yeah. And uh, we were all living in Los Angeles where I was born. And uh, it was it was cool growing up there until I was like seven. My dad, I mean, there's no options for young kids. When, you have, when you're young yourself and you're, you're a baby yourself and you have kids, you know, my dad joined the army. He's like, here we go. Let's yeah. do this. Smart move on his part. Yeah, man. You know? uh, still to this day, still doing his thing. But, uh. But music was a big part of my life. Um, and, you know, people do say that a lot. But honestly, man, I had my CD or my tape cassette player and just, like, did my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know choir always made me happy. Band. Once we started getting old enough to be in, like, band and, like, okay, like, what instrument are you going to play? And I stuck to drums. I kind of, like, gravitated towards that because of rhythm. Yeah. I just loved rhythm, you know what I mean? Did you have drums growing up? No, because yeah, I did. Like, I, some parents are like, "Oh yeah, for sure," but it's like other parents are like, "I'm not trying to fucking deal with these drums." Well, they were cool at first. I was in like fifth grade, maybe fourth grade, and when you're like, you know, a drummer at that point, you're taking drum classes. You have a practice pad, like a Remo practice. Yeah, pad, yeah, yeah. And it's just like you know, and that's all you hear. It's nothing crazy, right? So I just had like a snare stand with that pad and just you just clamp it on and then you just have a little booklet and you just play cadences yeah and like it's not as glamorous as you think when you're a kid um but still it's rhythmic and like that was cool to me uh but you know that being said it's like music was a huge part of my life and i saw this dude djing at that party and I was like, dude, I need to figure this out. And I had, dude, I couldn't even buy a beer, bro. I was so, like, low in my life and didn't have a lot of direction. And, you know, when you're young, you know what I mean? You're, you're 20, 21, you don't, 19, whatever you are, you know, it's, it's tough at that point, man. Yeah, you feel, you feel like you want to, like, define, you want something to define yourself at. Like, everybody that age is like, I'm going to be a millionaire by 24, and I'm yeah. 19 now. But it's like, I have no clue what I'm good at. And and I judge myself every single time I try something, and I'm not good right away, as to what you're saying. is yeah. like, you have to suck first. And, 
and embracing that reality as soon as possible is probably like the most beneficial thing for a kid or just anybody starting something new. It's like decide whether or not like you're interested in it to continue forward and just just know that you're going to suck at it right now. It's like, yeah, just like like I I've this podcast is new. It's like, I'm not the best that I can be right now at this. Yeah. Like, like yeah. there's, there's something I'm called the note. There's something called notes. Maybe if I did notes, like I would have better flow in some mm-hmm. interviews, but it, a lot of it's depending on the rapport I have with whoever I'm talking to. Like, like with some people, it's just like, Oh, I can just go in and just, we can just be natural and just have this, this really effortless flow but other people that I don't have a close rapport with, yeah. like I need to have some things written down just so we have some talking points and segues and all that kind of stuff. But, but Dude, already I, accepting that it's like I'm not. This isn't even like not, this isn't even five point oh. It's just like I knew okay, that too. Like I'll fuck up yeah. here and there, and and the edits aren't perfect. But, but just knowing that you're passionate about something is, is something that is enough and yep. just in just trusting trusting that journey what's the the poor uh, this will be like the last thing and then we'll get into the the real meat and potatoes of yeah, the conversation I feel it, what's the Bro, like, i can, por- I can what, ramble por- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the portland scene like for dj because like it is a pretty thick pool of djs and and i i feel like like anytime that you're rocking a party like i'm always fucking with it as soon oh, as i walk you, in i'm just like i'm in the like you get everybody in the groove like right away it's like, a good vibe i'll man. be sitting i'll be like outside and as soon as i come in it's like there's like this level of just like comfort yeah when you know the dj and he's rocking good music and like there's pretty girls around and yeah like everybody's having a good time and it's just like Oh, I'll just come in and beeline straight to the DJ booth and say what up say to you up. first, yeah. and then I'll go scope around. But it's like I gotta make it known first that I'm cool with the DJ and y'all are having a good time. Yep. So that shows good on me and you. It's just like, yeah. oh yeah, like what's up? Like, oh yeah, we holding it down. <laughs> um, I think that's no, dude. I think the first time I remember the first time you saw me DJ and it was at the the Pixels event at mm-hmm. Timbuktu. Yes, yeah, downtown. Yep. And Quaz put me on that. Shout out to Quaz, by the way. Cause yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know what's funny? Quaz, I didn't know him really that well. I've only known him a few years. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Quaz because he puts me on all the time, and I appreciate him. Yeah. But on that note, the DJ world here in Portland, surprisingly, it seems big Like as someone who doesn't DJ, but it's actually not that big. Mm. Um, you compare that to Seattle culture, like DJ culture in Seattle, it's probably double the size amount of DJs, maybe triple. Sure. Um, maybe some of them are good or great. Some of them aren't. You know what I mean? But we're still a family as far as the Northwest goes and the Pacific Northwest. And I think that Portland needs a little bit more culture music, right, of music. So we need more R&B. It's a lot of top 40, man. Yeah, unfortunately. Which is is cool. Which is fine. It's fine. Like, I'll get down, dude. I'll get down to some top forty. It's all good. I I can't fake the funk, man. You know what I mean? Like, I got top forty in my on my laptop right now. Yeah. But I did that for so many years. You know what I mean? Playing to a a, a, a crowd that just is coming in for you know the the night and then dipping out the next day and just a tourist trap. You know what I mean? It's very very Vegas. You know. Mm-hmm. Which, there's cool things about Vegas. I'm not ripping into that. But my set that I've been curating for the past uh, year and a half, two years now, 
is just a different way of looking at, you know, like R&B based songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like different edits, different. Yeah. And those flips. Cause I remember when you first saw me at that event, like you're like, yeah, you kind of looked at me like, <laughs> you gave me that like, yeah, that's just, that's cool. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was the I think it was the Trippy Red song. Who you love? Yeah, it was uh, Trippy Red's Love Scars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is kind that of that was on my playlist for like the next couple of weeks. Like I was just like, okay, I fuck with that. But you broke that for me, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, it's on. And here's the deal about that song. That song's not really like a dance friendly song. Mm-mm. It's kind of a hypey, hype beast type boy, yeah. like, you know, F-boy kind of song. Yeah. But, and I know a lot of people rip into Trippy Red, because he's kind of like, like all over the place, <laughs> which is, you know what I mean? He's kind yeah. of a goofy guy, but uh, he does what he wants, dude. Yeah. The whole, like, emo rap kind of scene that yeah. came up, like Jews World. punk in there. Yeah, dude, that's what I love. I love all the culture. Like, he's influenced by... Little punk as well, some punk music, um, but he's he has a good voice, you know, uh, and that song's cool. But that's the thing about like being a DJ and like if I would if I was scared to play that song and if I wasn't confident enough, I didn't know or read the room correctly. If I didn't like if I played something way off beat beforehand and after that song, it just wouldn't have worked. So I had to flow kind of in and out mm-hmm. to make sure because. A lot of people go like, oh, okay, you got to match the tempo. Yeah, okay, the key. Like, even, like, matching keys, that's important, too. You know, you don't want to key clash too much. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I'm not a master at key, cla- you know, key mastering now, but thank God, Serato, you can, like, do it easily now. But um, but if you didn't do it correctly, it's sound whack. It yeah. would sound like people will look back at you like, Dude, yeah. bro, what's it? It's a, so funny. Because like, even the song, the the song itself, the way it's produced, yeah. it's a loud song. When I look at the waveforms on Serato, like it's it's just like a crunchy song. Yeah. But if you get the vibe right and you EQ it right, boom. Yeah, it's funny. Like people who don't know how to DJ themselves, like they have ears. Like they can they can That's discern they can discern whether or not a DJ is fucking up. It's like I've never fucking like mix two songs together but it's like even like someone who's way off like in the Dude. distance like from culture that doesn't have any proximity yeah. will recognize when a dj is fucking up dude that's, that's so funny it's tough because you have to figure out how much of yourself you're going to put yourself out there like there's software and controllers and sync now dude you can play a set and like the technology for djing is there so you don't even have to screw up yeah no that's so true like yeah. So you have to take you have to make a decision like am I going to mess with like turntable turntables? Yeah. Am I going to like cut in? Am I going to blend this song like how intricate am I going to be cuz dude honestly, if I sat down for 2 days with somebody that's never touched a like a controller, they I could probably get them to DJ like a 20 minute set within like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. It's their sync there's key lock there's all, you don't even have to move the pitch fader you just go sync and it's good yeah but that's cool for like say a kid that's wants to learn you know uh a, a dad a parents can't like buy their kids a four or five hundred dollar turntable and serato and a laptop you know it's it's hard so these little controllers that 
are like built-in standalone controllers that make it easy for kids, encourage them to be interested in something like that. Yeah. And I think that's rad. So, but Dude, it, when I was young, I wanted to like that was one of the things that I wanted to be. It was it was artist, baseball player, and DJ. And like I made like a little yes. like I made like a little like drawing book and uh-huh. that was like those were the three things and it's like as, as soon as like okay, so baseball kind of fizzled out after high school mm-hmm. but i've always been an artist so that's kind of and i've i've applied artistry to all of the different like things of expression so it's yep. like okay artist is is always going to be built into to who i am as a person but then dj was always there and i remember getting like i was a spoiled kid like i remember getting <laughs> Bro, me too man i remember getting like the <laughs> like the d like the first like dj like digital thing that goes into the computer and i yeah. wanted like full-on turntables like i was like that's a, i was like i was like because i didn't know i was just i, you I didn't, didn't know dude. i didn't yeah. i didn't know like and i'm not like much of a troubleshooter like ooh, like the curiosity thing it's like i want it to work right now just so i can get to it yeah part of like the judgment factor of like being like oh like i i want to be good at it right away and get yeah. up to speed so like i didn't even since it wasn't the thing that i wanted like i just didn't even like become curious as to how to figure out like yeah. the computer software because i wasn't really like too into computers that much yeah so it kind of fizzled out and then in college like or late high school early college like i got into doing music so i was in like the music studio learning how to mix and master and, that's awesome yeah. and rap and record like recording audio which is why like recording audio for this isn't too big of a deal for me no, i was like oh, i've been doing this shit like even though like even though it's like it's just like garage band and and stuff like that like i know what and i'm that's i know great. what i'm i know what i'm doing to an extent like yeah i know how to get it to the point where i'm like comfortable sharing it and not like just holding creativity hostage like i used to no, it's where you're just like oh i don't know what people are gonna think about this I'm just going to hold on to it forever and ever and ever. Dude, and it's just like, that's my let life, that, bro. Let that <laughs> shit go. Like, as soon as you let it go, you become liberated and provide more space to create something new. Dude, I struggle with that with producing. It's like using Ableton. It's like, people already know Ableton's like this huge, steep curve, like learning curve. You know what I mean? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you can gravitate towards like FL Studio, like Fruity Loops, mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's Pro Tools too, which is pretty linear and like, like, user friendly you know ableton's like got this whole other thing to it because you can use it as a live instrument to like launching clips and you could play eight tracks at the same time with different like stems and stuff but Mm -hmm. uh but it's also like um an arrangement view type uh software you can arrange whatever you want musically right you can score a whole movie with ableton um so i struggle with that too dude there's so many files on there i'll like put the date on there i'm like oh chill vibe you know september 8th 2019 mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll be like go back to it and i'm like oh my god what wait what was this again or like if i'm like playing the guitar into this song i will like forget the guitar you know riff i'm like oh my goodness so it's a matter of just like pushing yourself letting it go yeah let it go without the judgment and a lot of the times the things that we condemn about our own creative output is the thing that differentiates itself from somebody else so it's like whatever like twangy like thing that makes it original is your 
creative signature that nobody else has. Oh, yeah. That once you embrace it and start, like, digging into it and start refining it, becomes your signature. Like, yep. your signature sound, your signature way you drop things. This is, like, even, like, the... Uh, what's the... I don't even know what it's called. Like, like when... like. Like when people have like their like little shout out thing, like Muzzin on the beat. Ho. Like, oh yeah, like they're, they're like key yeah. signature. I don't even know what. Yeah, it's, it's, what it's like called. a. It's if like young a, Metro it's a don't trust you. Yeah, if it's Metro ch- don't trust you. I'ma shoot you. And then you start programming people to what you think yep. is cool, and then they think it's cool, and then they're like waiting for it now. So the one thing that you were running away from the whole entire time becomes a thing that people love about you. Sure. If you just stick with it long enough. Stick with it long enough. Don't doubt yourself. Let's let's you take our own advice today, dude. I know. Dude. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. Like I'm just talking about like I'm just speaking it into it, like speaking it just so in I exist- have to. Yeah, in existence. I have to. So it's always on like the tip of my tongue. It's like you gotta follow your dreams, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Yeah. And I'm just like, Well, I look like an asshole if I don't listen to my own advice. Yeah, it's so easy I'm kinda to t- like like tricking myself into doing these things like Things about health, things about wellness, like meditation and Dude, and, and that's important. Like sure. positive affirmations and just staying engaged with the unfolding, uh, ever unfolding process of awakening. And it's like, all right, like I'm learning, like I take in a lot of information yeah. and a lot of it doesn't stick, but the stuff that does stick, I'll just start speaking it over and over again until it does and then and then maybe inspire other people to do the same thing. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Well we're about to take like this, this eighty six BPM and jump it up to like a a one one thirty five. Yeah, exactly. Just like uh, there's Ba-bam. no there's no yeah. way to seamlessly like uh to transition from from the creative process and yeah. everything. But I think it was necessary to kind of get uh my listeners up to speed on who you are and just we can riff about creativity fucking forever for, and that's ubi for 5 hours yeah that's its own that's its <laughs> like, own thing and we can definitely do that too i was like i was like like 5 minutes ago i was like damn like this is like a whole different pro- podcast like we could just do a full just like music one and then one that we're about to get into right now but we're only at 30 minutes now so we can we can definitely rock out uh in this very like intentional segue cuz we sh- we share Along with Quaz, like we share yeah. uh, a real common commonality that doesn't really get to be spoken amongst men yeah. in general. It's yeah. just like talking about loss and grief, and and more importantly, like the loss of of our mothers. Oh yeah, like that's yeah. something that a lot of us are walking around with. Uh, the most important person in our life is gone, and yeah. and a lot of the times it's like a very traumatic thing for. For them as well as us, it's like it's yeah. like you, it's like the the star of your life, like you see wither away, and there's no real explanation, and there's no one to really talk about it with, and yeah. you kind of have to just kind of go about it on your own. And I guess I'll let you kind of dive into where you're at in your grieving process and and if you want to share the story of of how uh, your mother transitioned because i know you're uh celebrating her life just like a couple of days ago yeah and yeah yeah i don't Two. know how you had blonde hair in that photo but you, oh you, you like that yeah yeah that's uh, i went through a phase yeah i went through a phase a couple, couple years ago yeah uh no i uh so my mom christina she uh she was cool. She was a nice 
dope person, super nice to people, uh, was caring and loving. Uh, she struggled with addiction. She actually was an alcoholic, um, but never really dealt with it. Uh, and it's like, you know, peop- it's hard to talk about stuff like that with people. It make And people who don't even are on the other side who were witnessing me talking about this, it makes them feel uncomfortable, right? Sure. They're like, whoa, that's crazy. You can talk about your mom and, and her addiction. Dude, no, let's smash all that. Like, we're going to talk about shit. We're going to talk about the real grit because this is a big deal, man. Because uh, there's, you know, children without their dads growing up. There's, it's hard, you know, there's addiction everywhere uh, and death. Uh, my mom died two years ago in Florida. Her name's Christina. Uh, she took her own life and that, uh, that happened. So, that's something that it's, you know, <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's rough, bro. It's, <laughs> it's weird because I had my like shock phase mm. for like the first six months. And then I had like, and I was going to therapy and like, so I've been going to therapy for like two years mm-hmm. and I'm super open about that, man. Cause I think even if you don't feel like you have a lot of issues, go to therapy, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Um, so it's it's a it's, it was a rough situation. Um, she she's set free. You know what I mean? She, yeah. Because she was a creative person too. She just she just struggled. Mm-hmm. She was just a person that just couldn't get on her feet. Yeah. And she needed a little bit more help. But you know, there's only so much you can do for for someone that doesn't want to help themselves. And that's an addiction strong. And it's actually a disease. Like alcoholism is a, is a disease for sure. Straight up. Um, and she uh she died 2 years ago. She was 49. She's pretty young. And uh and I'm 32 now. And uh so she kind of like right at the beginning of turning 30. It was like this weird like I hit 30 and I was like, "Whoa, this is weird," right? Mm. I'm like, "I'm no longer in my 20s." And then she died and I was like, "What's what's happening?" Sure. You know what I mean? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um I'm not mad at my mom. I'm not. Uh, I see her on my fridge, like every day. She's right there. Uh, she, I got her ashes chilling mm. right next to my turntable over here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just something that 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 happens. I talk about it. I think about it. I get through it. I talk to my family about it. My family's super supportive about about grief. Uh, we went to grief counseling for a while. I went to Al-Anon, which is a group, family members of alcoholics, and they group together and they talk about the effects of their lives from the people that they love that are alcoholics. And I think it's uh, it's a tough thing to do. Um, and therapy is a tough thing to do, but you got to do it, um, mm-hmm. especially being a man. Yeah. You're not supposed to talk about your feelings, right? As a guy, as a man, right? You're supposed to kind of yeah. stay stiff and really not talk about it. But do that can tear you down in the yeah. inside yep and that can be residual physically like you can either you know your back can start hurting or like you know uh you you can lash out to people yeah you know i i got a little i got a little angry after my mom's death like i had the shock period but then i got there was nothing it was there was, there was no motivation behind it besides being angry in general like there's like subconscious anger of this is my life and this is, this is what she did, and mm. now I have to be here like this. Yeah. But I got over that. I talk about it, and yeah. um, I talk about it with my girlfriend. I talk about it with my family, 
and uh, it was a tough thing, but it's two years now, which is insane. And uh, it's all about celebrating life. Mm-hmm. It's all about remembering because there's nothing worse than thinking of a person passing and then being forgotten. You know what I mean? Yeah. She had a family. She had me. She. Had, I have two siblings. Uh, my parents split when I was younger, but uh, she had a boyfriend at the time when she passed, and he's a nice guy. And uh, and and that's kind of the story. I mean, there's a lot deeper issues, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can kind of just go, kind of just flow back and forth, and, yeah. and just just uncover because like approaching this this topic is something that we have to seek out ourselves because my natural thing is like yes i'm a very open person but like not a lot of people have experienced the same thing like i'm i'm like very blessed that like like my best friend aline like like she's had some like a very very similar experience in in relatively like the same uh time frame as i lost my mother so like everything that she was going through like she was able to kind of articulate and experience before me gotcha. so like i had some level of understanding and i continue to to talk to her about about uh the processing but even just like in person it's like i don't i've never gone to therapy about it and it's like yeah. the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me oh, and my brother and it's just like oh like i have to seek out ways to kind of release these tensions that i have within myself that i i can't really pinpoint like where it's coming from or mm-hmm. or to continue the the grief process which is why i went to uh timothy lake and i went camping like yeah. to, to honor my mom and reconnect with her and and starting to develop like this this relationship with with nature and with the universe itself because yeah. that's where i believe she goes back to is like the collective of souls and energies that that have always existed and that will never not become existed it's like that energy or like the those light elements of light so i'm getting a little new agey but like yeah, no, those are the you. those are like the the souls that incarnate into to other animals and and yeah. babies and and so it's like a constantly like re re like a self replenishing yeah. uh, thing that's what the universe is it's, it's that's cool to think about it like that yeah like, i should think more spiritually yeah, but uh, so I guess I'll get I'll get into a little bit of like my mother. Um, her name is Lisa Robinson. She mm-hmm. was uh, raised in San Diego uh, by her mother and uh, grandmother. So my mm-hmm. great grandmother and my mother, my mother's mother, Darlene, uh, and then my great grandmother is Hilda Taylor. So she raised they raised my mom, her sister, and younger brother Pam and Anthony. And they were poor. Yeah. And (laughs) like they were poor. I never met my mom's dad. So there was always like just growing up, like I never knew who that person was. And like I knew that there was like a very deep trauma with my mom and her father. Mm -hmm. Like whether he abandoned her or I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what this is. It could have been a lot worse. Like, it's like thou like that name shall never be spoken we don't even acknowledge him so like just having her like in my life my mother in my life and then it's just like won't even mention that there's a huge like oh i don't know that part of my family Family, essentially and and but 
other than that, it's like I knew my mother like always held on to things and she wanted to create a world that was beautiful. Like even though she experienced a lot of negative things with people and just relationships and like even like my relate her relationship to my father where there wasn't a lot of like genuine care coming yeah. from him, like she supplemented that and created love from herself to give to me and my brother, brother yeah. because we weren't receiving it from my dad. So she always would over, she would compensate where there was lack around and it was taking away from her energy and there was nothing replenishing her. And that was kind of like the pattern that, that I found that was ultimately like the thing that kind of like always drawing away from her rather than her being like appreciated and loved for like the beautiful, loving, compassionate woman that she was. She always build people up. If somebody needed a place to stay, there's always people like just random people, just like Staying, whether it's yeah. her coworkers or my friends, there's always just be somebody at the house for like a couple of weeks, weeks. to a couple of months yeah. for yeah. Or however long. So like that's where what who she was and that's who like what she instilled in me and my brother is like we just really, really care for people. To the point, like, where it can be unhealthy at sometimes. Like, yeah. I, that's something that I've worked on over the last years is, like, seeing where my relationships were lopsided, where I was giving too much, and they weren't giving anything at all. So, like, catching that that habit, and that's one of the blessings of, of, of death is, like, you get to learn about, like, what we learn from our parents and maybe some of the things that we can address that that were the causes of their lives ending was was this unequal flow of energy with themselves and the world around them where yep. the world was taking all their things and they didn't know how to or at least my mother didn't know how to to reel it in and be selfish and, and be like you know what i'm going to take care of myself Self. first yep. and that's something that i'm putting into practice now and that i've learned through through her passing and i'm so grateful for all the lessons that she continues to 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 give me through this through this journey but i just know there's still so much to uncover you know yeah it's interesting like after your mom's death you start asking questions of like so what did she do when she was this age and mm-hmm. like it's for me i didn't spend too much time with her between the ages of like 24 up to her death cuz she just moved and we were in different states but i think you make a good point is like my my mom's struggle was being really nice to people to the point where other people take advantage of her. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She was the same way, actually, in a sense of letting friends stay over, letting my friends stay over when we were kids. Um, she was just really nice mm-hmm. and cool. Yeah, you know, same, I, dude, exactly the it, same. Like just, just like, cool, just like going with the flow. Like, oh, like, we want to do this. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's go. Yeah, just make sure you're home by this time. Call me. Yeah, just you know, call. You got you know the number when mm-hmm. we 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 used to rem- memorize numbers, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but uh, you know, she even did stuff like the most the smallest stuff. She'd even like, like when the N sixty four came out, I really wanted N sixty four, and she's like, "Look, can't really afford it, but you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see." A couple years went by, we didn't, you know, whatever. We had the old console, dude. She got a job at. Toys R Us so that she can like get a discount and employ discount so she can buy me an N64. Wow. You know what I mean? That, wow. That's just like most mom, not most moms, but like there's some parents out there that I really don't, 
think that deep, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, it seems like both of our moms go, like, our mom went hard for us for whatever, like, anything, like, anything we wanted. It was, like, she would just hustle so fucking hard, yeah. and it would be all for us. And it's, like, I almost have, like, this, like, guilt. It was, like, you don't need, you didn't need to do you that. Didn't need, you yeah. didn't need to, like, it wasn't that serious. Yeah, like, and that's, like, it was, like, the only reason I wanted those things was because I knew I can have them. Yeah. But it's, like, I was a kid, and it was just, like, oh, I can have these things? All right, I guess I'll ask for the these shoes that I really like and yep. get these things. But it's, like, it wasn't that serious. Like, it I'm wasn't. still not that, I'm still, like, not that like person where it's like I gotta have this or else I'm I'm nothing type of thing. Yeah. But, but that's just like a mother's love and wanting to see her her kids yep. fucking be happy. Like like I have a photo printed out on a hoodie of mine of like my like I think it was like my third or fourth birthday. Mm-hmm. But like I was like looking at the camera like all shy. Yeah. And my mom was like holding my my wrists. Oh. But, like the smile on her face like being like excited she, for she you. She was way more excited than I was. It was my birthday, but yeah. it was like I was like, she's way happier than me. <laughs> like I look like a little scared little you're, sheep. Oh, you're all <laughs> yeah. But my mom was, was so fucking happy. So like, oh, that's we so are sweet. so like tied to each other like emotionally, that that there was like a lot of overlap into like my happiness was her happiness and hers yeah. was mine. And I remember like just going through like like high school college and just being like confused and like i was like sad and like kind of just like depressed like like i would say like in college because i just didn't like i didn't find like the point in it i was yeah. just not really happy not feeling but it's like i think my energy like when she saw me unhappy mm-hmm. like like it would make her very unhappy yeah like tear so it was like how so it was like she she would take it personally like it's like oh it's my fault that that Aaron's not happy like how can I make him happy yeah type of thing but then that would turn into like kind of like prodding into my life and trying to quote unquote like again like hold like steer steer my direction and I'm like I need my own like autonomy like yeah. I need my own space like you're trying to control me but she's like operating of I just want to make you happy and yeah and there was just like a kind of like a little cycle there that I've been able to kind of process through, but in the moment I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, you're younger. Exactly. Yeah. So so those those things that become uh that we become aware to uh in in the passing and just uh processing things and just really having appreciation and then understanding of, of the bonds that we have with our mothers. Yeah. It definitely Yeah, it's so weird, man. Like when people ask me and my girlfriend asks me, like, Hey, are you doing all right? Like you okay? You know, like I think about my mom pretty much every day and there's definitely points where I'm like, I can, I can break down for sure. Like there's different points where I'm like, oh man, that's so sad. Like I'll remember a story when I'm a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, that you feel so guilty. You're like, why was I like the N64 thing? Like, dude, really? Like, did I really need that? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a kid. So I mean, you know, you didn't know better, but, um, but then there's times where I'm like, dude, she was such a cool friend to people and such a cool mom. And growing up, my dad was in the army, so he's very like militaristic. Um, and he's actually my stepdad, my real dad, uh, real quote unquote real dad. Mm-hmm. My bio dad was younger than my mom. I think he was eighteen. I think. Oh wow. Yeah, they were just a year apart, eighteen, nineteen years old. Um, and he just dipped. He just dipped out. So. Uh, my mother is half Nicaraguan, um, cause her mom is who I'm 
I'm close with my grandma. She's she's tight. She's a little Nicaraguan grandma, man. She's cool. And then uh, English. And then my bio dad was uh, or is Spanish and Mexican. So I have these different cultures, but I identify mainly with my Nicaraguan side um, just because I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and she grew up in Nicaragua and I come from like, so my family is like a hardworking family, right? Like she raised all the kids. There was three kids mm-hmm. that she raised, my grandmother raised, right? Including yeah. my, my mom and she's stern, but like my family, they, they, I didn't grow up being like, Hey, I love you like all the time. But now I do because I recognize, like, hey, that stuff, that stuff's important. Very important. Very important, especially after, like, after my mom died, my family was just like, just got close because mm-hmm. everyone was just like, whoa. Because the you know, suicide is a really hard thing to accept too. Sure. And like, my family members couldn't even like fathom what happened. You know what I mean? And it's a hard topic. Like, I don't usually, if somebody asked me that I was. If they know me somewhat pretty good, pretty well, I'll tell them. But I'm not, I don't just go like, oh yeah, like my mom like did this and she like, but, um, but I think if we speak more about suicide, we can prevent other suicides. Like it does sound a little corny when you hear like the, or you see the, the 1-800 number, the suicide line, uh, hotline. Um, but dude, once you like experience it, you're like, whoa, like people can hurt. And people need help. Like, yeah, it's not you don't want to end your life, you know. Totally. Um, and I haven't really been active in, um, in awareness, suicide awareness. I think I really talking about it now. I'm like, oh, maybe I should. It's been well, sh- you're doing it right now. Like, yeah. this, like <laughs> this is this is <laughs> it. Like, everybody has their own way of of being an advocate and and to spread awareness and have different mediums in which they can do that. And yeah, like this is directly speaking to that. So. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. We're talking, people are listening. Yeah. Um, but um, it's weird, man. It's a weird thing. It's just a bizarre feeling, like. This happened. Mm-hmm. My mom is no longer here. Mm-hmm. But there's there's been times, man, where I, like my mom's for sure with me. Like I've yeah. been I've been living alone. I was in a long term relationship before this, and then uh, I moved here to Portland. Uh, ended that long term relationship. It was like eight years, so it was a big deal. A lot of changes happening. A lot of things ha- going on for me. Got my own place. I've been living alone ever since. But. One little quick story, and I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take over. Yeah, no worries. But um, I didn't ever believe in stuff like that, right? Like, like, not ghosts or stuff like that, but like, like angels, right? Like, like my mom for sure is my angel, like straight up. Like when I doubt myself DJing, and I doubt myself in anything, like I'm like, no man, I can do this. I can do this because she's watching, right? Um, I don't get very spiritual. I think Aaron, you, you definitely have a little bit more of a spiritual side. I think that your meditation sessions are super, uh, motivating and I need to jump on that. And I haven't gotten in touch with myself there. Right. Like I haven't really tuned into that yet. Cause I will say I'm a very active person as far as like social life and, and DJing and like, 
you know, I'm always moving around. It sure, has sure. a little bit to do with my my attention deficit disorder, right? But like, I don't think it's a disorder. <laughs> like, like you're you have attention. Your attention, <laughs> it's not atten- a deficit. It's like you're attentive yeah. to the things that you're doing. Like mm-hmm. this is a very engaging conversation. Yeah, when you're speaking with people, you look them in the eye and you're engaged with life. Yeah, like, that's not a deficit. I feel you, man. I feel you. I appreciate that, but. Uh, the quick story is uh, I had just moved here to Portland. It was about two years ago, and uh, a lot of stuff was happening, man. I, you know, I had a I had a switching jobs, and you know, uh, took a little bit of a pay cut um, and uh, high rent where I was living, and it's just you know, like whoa, whoa, need to figure everything out. All right, cool. I I now work downtown, and you know, it's tricky to work downtown as well. Um, and this particular weekend, I had a gig out of town, a three-hour drive back to that, that town I was living in. And, you know, gas there, gas back, you know how it goes, man. You know, so I was I was a little strapped, right, on cash at that time, in that moment, which I'm not ashamed to say I was at that time because, you know, you go up and down, life is up and down, you know. And uh, it was weird, man. I was – I had – so I have – a few photos of my mom up on the fridge mm-hmm. um and i was sitting in my living room and i had a ground level apartment so you can just walk from the street you can just walk up to my door right and i saw i was just chilling i was really stressed at the time i was really kind of you know okay i need to move this around i need to do this and you know f- work out my finances a little bit better or whatever i'm doing right um uh, i was alone now you know what i mean i had a partner for eight years you know, so yeah, a lot of changes. <laughs> Long story longer, I'm sitting there and I'm stressed out. I gotta leave uh, later on that day or the next day, and I see kind of a shadow, like you know those, uh, you know those front doors that have like that like blurred glass, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, can't yeah. see through the door, but yep. you, you see it. But I saw like kind of somebody walk by. Uh, it's gonna sound so ridiculous, but I saw somebody walk by, and I was like, oh, that's weird, because nobody really walks up to your door that close unless somebody's coming up to your door and knocking on it and i just kind of was like well that's kind of weird and so i was like eh, I, I opened the door to kind of like check it right to check to see who was there and i like looked down and there was like a, a folded up like bill like money on the ground like right there on my porch like just like a couple feet away from an outside porch mm. i i grab i just <laughs> i just put it in my pocket and i was like well that's weird put it in my pocket i walked back in and I like go into my kitchen, and the photo of my mom was on the floor. Oh shit! And then I pulled out the bill. It was a hundred dollars. No shit. Wow. Swear to God, dude. I swear. To this is not a fabricated jo- like yeah. joke or story, dude. I straight up saw someone walk by, looked out. Nobody was standing outside. Looked on the ground. There was a folded up cash hundred dollar hundred bucks sitting yeah. there i go back inside of my apartment and the photo of my mom is sitting on the floor dude. yeah that's that how, that's how it works what like, that's how like, it works but it's like they're like accepting that and like realizing like there are higher powers like at dude, work come and it's on all it's all fucking perfect which is why what allows us to kind of like accept the la- the loss and respect like the passing of life because it's like there's like, if we hold on to it, like, why did this happen, da-da-da, you're going against, like, the flow of energy that, that, dude, yeah, that's just natural, it's like, it, yeah, it's, a, like, it's it just, like, accepting it and just being like, yep, that's the truth, and 
Like, my mom just did that right now. Like, her spirit did that. Her energy is still on this planet just because her physical body isn't here anymore. Does not mean that, like, her consciousness and her awareness and her life force energy, like, it's still here. Yeah. And that's how those things become, like, aligned. And there's no explanation other than giving thanks to to them for doing that because they're still looking after us. Yeah, and it it was... uh I was like, ooh. I was like eerie at first. Yeah, it does. And I was like, it does hit ooh. you. It does hit you, but then you're just like, you're like, no, you're but like, that's a good, yeah. but that's like, a good yeah. thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, listeners will probably be like, okay, guy, but like, no, well, people that have gone through <laughs> similar experiences too, though, like, there's a there's a gang of people who've never experienced loss. Like, there's yeah. a gang of people that haven't even lost a grandparent yet, and like, they just think that life is all foo foo and fun fun. Until you lose the most important person in your life, which will come. And yeah. a lot of life is deflecting that reality. It's like, oh, yeah, that'll never happen to me. Yeah. Like, like my dad will never die. My mom will never die. My grandparents will never die. My brother will never die. Like, like my sister or whoever. Like, they haven't really experienced that. But meanwhile, there is a huge, huge, like, group of people in this this world that have experienced really, really hard hard heartfelt loss in various degrees and it's not about comparing or contrasting like no, no, no. loss is loss and like the way the means by which it happens it's it's personalized and everyone deals with it differently but yep there is a huge section of this country or at least america or i would i'll just say like america as an example that like like i have friends that haven't lost anybody yet and it's like i'm the one person me and my brother are like the guys that like lost their their mom yeah and like other people have too but at different stages it means something different when you're eight years old as to when you're 28 years old yeah and it's like it means something completely different like you've got to experience so much of your life to this point and then With now it's yeah and now it's like oh I, this is like the second act yeah like, i'm not even at i'm not even at halftime yet in my life and my, I was lucky enough to, to have her, and me and my brother were lucky enough to have her to this to this point and for us to be influenced by her. But, yeah, like, it's it's different. Like, I've, I have a friend who lost his mother, like, when he was really, really young. And and it's, like, that, that not knowing and the oh, not experience, yeah. mm-hmm. like, changes you to an extent. Yeah. But I think bringing it into common dialogue so that we can all – have a just make it more just regular it's like it's it's we're not we're never we never allow ourselves especially as men because that's the perspective that we're speaking from that that we get to share it and then allow allow the the empty space to be filled with new energy rather than holding on to like the stag the same stagnant energy like allow it to release allow new love to come in new perspective to come in and and constantly still do the dance because we still have like we're still are our mother's sons like oh, we're still that's we're still like they're still teaching us and the yeah. relationship is still intact like they may not be here but our relationship as to how we engage cognitively to the thought in the memories of our mother mm-hmm. that relationship goes on throughout the rest of our lives like oh, i'm yeah. going to be thinking about my mom when i'm 80 yeah, and I'm gonna be like, oh, she's still here with me, type of thing. Yeah, and that's the relationship that I'm choosing to like consciously like uh, 
involve myself with and constantly develop and learn and and ask for wisdom and guidance through yeah and and to make it more regular allows other people to hey maybe i can still engage and where the where the portals in which i can engage with my mom whether that's like an at-home like meditation ritual Mm -hmm. or in the morning with your coffee and you're just outside looking at the trees and it's like that's where you kind of like like call in your, your the spirit of your mother to connect or your father or your lost one but like taking that time out to to really like intentionally place your your awareness on them and appreciate them and and have compassion for them and for yourself for the pain that you've experienced from it and 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 just allow allow this process to keep on going you know yep. and evolving yep uh it's it's interesting i think question for you is like how do you use this might be like a weird question but like do you use the death of your mom as like a like a motivation to like i guess like show her that you can be the best person you can be absolutely and like it's it it hits me hard too cuz i think the same thing yeah, like it's it, it, i it's a motivation it's like Oh my gosh! You know what? She's gone, and like she can still see what's going on, but she'd be so proud of like yeah. what's what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do as a creative. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're a photographer, a podcast guy, like a create, you're, you're a model or whatever you're yeah. doing, it's like you feel that same way. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. But it's like partially, like I was saying, like the relationship that we had, we were so tied up together, to where like I would like not go for certain things because like she would 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 be there to like give me like her opinion about things and i was so like karmically like tied to her Mm -hmm. that like i would be afraid to try new things and i would kind of just like settle for less because Uh, like she was kind of like my safety net yeah in all situations like if something never like worked out she would always be there to like give me a couple hundred bucks or or whatever so yeah. it's like i never fully committed to things because i always knew that there was going to be a safety net so there was like that that was like a, a part of our dynamic where mm-hmm. it's like it's like oh like well she's always going to be there so like i don't really have to like try try for, hard hard yeah, hard yeah, yeah i feel that. and then and step into my truth but like now that she's passed it's like fuck like there's no safety net at all like if i want to create like the life that i want to live i have to fucking go out and do, do it, it and yourself. nobody's nobody's going to fucking save me like my dad's not there to save me like he's he's alive but he he he's dead in the heart so yeah so yeah. it's like okay like i got to do it and and just the the wonder of like experiencing life differently than i'd had before cuz mm-hmm. i'm a much stronger person cuz yeah. once you go through that trial cuz it's really like a coming to coming to jesus moment when it's like oh like my mom's gone and then you get to see like what you're really made of and you start like that that warrior inside of you starts to uh heal itself and then it starts to act in the world and then it's like oh like i am strong and you start proving it to yourself but it's like the lessons and and the the wisdom that and the strength that you gained from your mother like you're utilizing that and putting it into action and it's like oh fuck like honestly like i wouldn't have done the things that i've done if if it hadn't happened if she yeah. hadn't passed like i would probably I wouldn't even be here right yeah now, i would bro. be in like, like this, i'd be in a completely different mental physical space, space and, dude, and, yeah. and so it's kind of like in real time reflecting and but also like envisioning 
the future that she would be most proud of me living. And she'd always say like towards the end, like she had uh, like stage four breast cancer and it, and it spread to her brain. And there was, it was just a very ugly uh, disease. And, and she always told me like, Aaron, get happy. Like that was just yeah. the thing is just get happy. Cause she knew that I wasn't happy and, and that I was, I was still like looking for things outside of myself to validate myself. Uh-huh. And just whenever we talked, I wasn't like excited about anything. And yeah. she just say like, Aaron, just get happy. So that was the work that I had to get in, in into it was just like, how am I going to get happy? All right. Like I got to find things that I enjoy doing and not worry about like money and all that kind of shit. Like yeah, what, what do you like doing? And, 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 luckily like not luckily and naturally like fell on meditation and then expanded onto like this podcast and starting to build out the the structure of the life that I want to live and and I like I like having freedom it's like freedom is a huge component okay how can I create a life that had that is injected with the essence of freedom and do I feel it every single day and yeah and keep on doing those things so yeah definitely 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 like this life that I'm living now is, is, is for her. And, and it's, it feels good too. It's just like, Oh yeah. Like it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. It's like that story I told you about a couple of years ago and, and you know, her spirit being around and the money thing. It's like, it's funny because it's been a few years since it happened, and like talking about it now, it's, I'm like, Oh, do I really, did I really have to talk, you know, tell that story? But like, I, I'm the same way now. I don't really think about like materialistic stuff like that. Like, I mean, obviously as DJs, you know, we need this, we need these records or mm-hmm. this laptop or whatever. Like that all doesn't matter. It's like, Hey, am I happy going for like having goals? Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, it does feel good to have goals and like a two year plan, five year plan or whatever it is. Um, and, and kind of doing it for mom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Cause you know you wanna you wanna make your family proud. You have your family name, like yeah. Like my name is <laughs> my name's Farnsworth, and it's like it's always like I used I had a hard time growing up with that name, cause like I'm like you know I'm a Hispanic guy, and that's a very proper English name. <laughs> it comes from my grandfather or yeah. great grandfather. It's like, but I definitely uh, I'm motivated. Um, a lot, man. My life would have been different. Dude, I would have been a wedding DJ if, like, maybe my mom didn't die. Like, it yeah. sounds weird. It sounds... I know you... <laughs> Fucking just, like, Taylor Swift. Bro, T-Swift. Oh, it would have been, like... Yeah, it would have been brutal, dude. Uh, Play Shout over Shout. And over yeah, Twist and Shout, maybe, uh, too. Or, <laughs> like, the Cupid Shuffle all day. Um, I was thinking the Little Richard Shout. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P., dude. Yeah. R.I.P., Little Richard. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, dude. So it's just like this weird thing. Cause it's like, how do you feel about it? Like, okay, she's gone and I should be sad, but I'm motivated now. Yeah. I, but I it's sometimes like, wish I was like, I sometimes I'm like, I haven't cried in a while. Like what's wrong, Aaron? Like you yeah. should be crying. You should be more sad. Have you had a breakdown? Have you had like a, like since your mom's death, have you had like a one alone time breakdown of like, uh, outside of like, af- like the night after it happened, like there was a really like since then, like not really, not really. but like, like I've cried here and there, but like, not like a fucking like torrential, like, 
mm-hmm. like thunderstorm or anything like that but like i remember like the like when it happened like i was down in san diego for like there i got a call i was in portland i got a call uh from my brother and he was like you need to come down and i was like oh fuck like like, like he doesn't tell me to come out no, it was like because like she'd been battling for a while, and we talked oh, every. Gotcha. We, we had talked like I spoke with my mom every single day on the phone. Like mm-hmm. when I walked my dog, like we always always talked. Gotcha. But just she never really like let me know how bad she was doing. Like yeah, she, she didn't just, want you to worry. Yeah, anymore. and she's she, it'll and that's just like the constant thing throughout my whole life is like oh I'm fine I'm fine yeah. I'm just like but you're crying. Like, like thi- th- she's thick skinned. She's yeah. tough. Huh? Well, yeah, she's tough, but she just like I said before, like she like takes it on, and it's her burden, and it's nobody else's. But there are people there to help. Yeah, and just allowing other people to be there for you, which is something that is one of my th- challenges as well. But uh, so my brother tells me to come down, and I get down there, and she's laying in the bed, and I can tell like the mom that I knew was gone already like she was like she wasn't as coherent like she was there a little bit but like communicating wise like i look into her eyes and i'm just like like oh my god like my mom is gone and i I just went and cried in the other room i was like oh my god like she's like so the way that i had known her to that point like she had started like the transition because of the the tumors in her brain but uh so like i stayed down there for like a week week or two and i had my dog staying in san in, in portland and my roommate at the time was watching my dog and i mm-hmm. told my roommate what was going on i yeah. was like hey like my mom's in really bad condition can you watch my dog so uh so i'm down there in in, in san diego and we're kind of just we're at her house like beautiful house in oceanside like mm-hmm. sun grass she has her two dogs like she she wanted two dogs for the like the longest time That's so she finally she me. finally got like two dachshunds that she had for a couple of years and there are two like little little brothers like uh pudge and miggy oh, and her awesome. partner bob like she had finally gotten exactly what she wanted yeah like this really like nice house found a partner that she golfed with like beautiful like sweet loving man from michigan shout out to bob pletcher like he loved he loves her and like just to see her get everything Mm -hmm. and then like her dogs the house the man just the easy like she was still working at taylormade adidas golf like golfing Mm -hmm. all the time and just like everything was perfect like getting to that point and then she got diagnosed with with breast cancer and then like uh like so it was just like sad to see like she finally got but that was like a comforting thing as well she was surrounded by love so i was down there for about like a month or however long i was down there and then i get a call from my roommate at the time who all of a sudden says that he can't watch after my dog he's like he's like it's too much it's too much i can't do it and if you if anybody knows my dog he's the chillest dog in like the world chill, like, like dog. yeah my so walk like, him two times a day and, and yeah like you could walk him once and he'd be chill, be chill. like yeah. he's he's not like a troublemaker he's not high energy or anything so he's my roommate like w- it doesn't have to be said but like has like mental issues like yeah. why me like the world is is against yeah. me and you're taking advantage of me and th- whatever type of construct that he has yeah but at the same time you're dealing with yeah yeah with so like i'm just like oh fuck like this kid is crazy yeah so 
I he says I can't watch your dog anymore. Come up, come up and get him. And I'm just like dog. God. Like my mom is like literally like on her deathbed. Like she she's like in like one of those hospital beds, but in the in her room, and like completely skin and bones like mm-hmm. looking kind of like at the sky and just like 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 just going through it and like people were coming over to the house and kind of paying respects and my mom's so fucking like gangster like she her nickname was herculisa like <laughs> yeah. she was so strong but like that i awesome. kid you not like like skin and bones on on the bed just like completely like riddled with cancer uh-huh. like like looks at me like I'm talking to her and just telling her I love her and and she looks at me and she lifts up her bicep and flexes. Whoa! Like wow, yeah. Like and I was just like, oh my fucking god! Like that like is. she's fucking so damn strong. That's and strength right yeah, there. Yeah, it was just like That's she just cra- she like just like picked up her her bicep and just flex and I'm just, and just like it was a beautiful moment that I had with her. But that's, uh, that's amazing. So. so like that those experiences are happening and like i was already i spent like every single day with her for like a month and mm-hmm. then my roommate pulls that bullshit like saying mm. sends me like you know those passive aggressive long ass texts text. so i'm like with like, my brother and i'm like ryan like my roommate says that he can't watch rocco right now and my mom has like two maybe three days left yeah, so gosh. i'm freaking out like i'm like this fucking asshole like i'm like all right fine like i'm gonna fly up there and I'm going to drive back with my dog because, mm. like, I have two days. Like, she may, like, hopefully, like. Oh, my gosh. So hof- you got to risk leaving. Yeah, yeah. So I, I risk leaving. So I get a plane ticket, fly up there the next day. I get up there. I get up back up to Portland. Um, it's nighttime. Like, I'm I'm mad. And uh, so I get to my house. And, of course, I find my dog just laying in bed, just being so, being a sweetheart like he is like my dog's super calm super yeah. nice like didn't doesn't cause any trouble and i'm in my room and i'm just like oh my god and then my my roommate comes to the bathroom next to my room yeah and he goes like oh hey what's up dude just mentally yeah he's yeah he's he like hey know. what's up like doesn't know I'm what's just going like, on no he knows he knows exactly what's going on <laughs> yeah he knows yeah. exactly what's going on and I fucking leaned into him so fucking hard. I was like, you ain't shit. You, like, you motherfucker. Like, my mom's fucking dying right now, and you fucking have me up here. And I, I'd never gotten in anybody's face yeah, like that before. Really. I've, that's not who I am. But, it was like, in that moment, like, I fucking punked his ass. Like, I was like, I saw red, and I was like, I will fucking rip your head off. Oh, yeah. Like, you fucking walk to your room right now. Like, don't fucking do this shit. And he just fucking cowered and walked away and, and yeah. just didn't, like, he wasn't, he didn't want any smoke. Nope. So the next day, actually, I had a friend come over. Her name's Rajan. Mm-hmm. She, at the time, and she was like, I was just like, I needed somebody to talk to. So she was definitely there for, for me in that, in that moment. But, uh, so the next day, I, I, I was going to rent a car because my car at the time, I was driving like this, this Volvo <laughs> fitting another, Vol- a different Volvo that was, that wasn't as shitty as the last one. But, uh, but, uh, so I, I go to enterprise and then they say that I can't rent this car. Oh my so God. I'm like, Oh fuck. I, I, I just wasted like a ton of time. So I hop in my car and 
start driving like i don't know like around like noon or something like 10 o'clock a.m like i i wanted to get on the road immediately but enterprise was like you have to have a credit card and i was like i don't i don't have a credit card and i was like oh fuck i gotta drive my beater down there so long story short like i drive 18 hours straight just boom straight through like on adderall stopped to get some in and out (laughs) i took an adderall i took an adderall yeah, fucking to, drove man. straight through like crying just having like this whole like flashing through all these moments because yeah. it's like i don't know if she's still still there or not and i'm You're just driving driving that, like. driving 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 all through the night like like fucking crying listening to bill withers listening to all the songs that 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 i like and that meant something to me and it was around four o'clock in the morning mm. i'm coming up on the exit so i'm like oh i fucking i made it yeah like like Ooh, in the, yeah. my car like the car was fucking like i don't even know how the fuck it made yeah. it yeah like it was Dude, like that's d- like just sheer power shaking, willpower like shaking like this car was fucking about to fall apart so i i get off on the exit and i'm zooming to my mom's house four o'clock in the morning still dark and i pull up and i run into the house and i come to i come to like Bob's in the kitchen and tells me that she'd passed. And I, and I just fuck, I run uh. into the room and she's gone. So I just spent 18 hours. I did that whole fucking whole, trip. Yeah. That whole trip. And I go into the room and she's passed and like, I was fucking done. But the one thing that I did notice like on my mother, like was that she was smiling. Like, she, oh, was, she was yeah she was at peace like like the suffering was done like and i that's one thing that i left with was like i was like ah oh, like she was at peace, peace. after this yeah, yeah. and in in the gift in the the real gift in like my my old roommate doing that was that it provided me something to be angry for the rest of my life and still be justified yeah and I had a choice. Like I that moment I had a choice. Am I gonna be mad, mad for the rest yeah. of my life? Or am I gonna forgive him because he's operating on the limited experiences that he has? Yep. And it was a, the most obvious choice in my life. It's like, Aaron, you're not an yeah. angry, mad person. You're not. Let it go. And I was I honestly like let go of it. I was like, you know what? Like that was a lesson. And you thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to choose happiness and and live that through the rest of my life. Yeah, because it was a crossroads. It, it was, was a crossroads. It was a complete crossroads. Yeah, you could. That's an that's a, a a crazy story, man. And and it that's heavy. You know, yeah, it's heavy. And and you learn a huge lesson on, on who who you interact with. And yeah, and, it lets me who, know who to interact with yeah. now. It's like I have these standards that. That like if I feel like you're not holding up your end of the bargain as a friend, and like I have my needs, and and if you're not fulfilling your end of it, like I discern whether or not you belong in my life, and I don't need to give you an explanation because yeah. like I've already gone through the toxic relationships with friends that I give people more than I receive from them, yeah, and I'm not doing that anymore because yeah. that's something that 
like I had learned from my mother and her relationships with people and and them taking advantage and yep. and of her kindness and people yeah. take advantage of my kindness and I've given that away to people and that was that was a karmic loop that got deaded right there. I was like, oh, I'm not doing no. that shit. There are still like moments where I still do those negotiations and it takes time yep. to process. But having the awareness of an unhealthy dynamic with somebody, it's like. I know what I need to do and I'm going to make sure that it's right for me moving forward. So there's, yeah. like we said before, there's countless lessons that we learn from like in death and, and we start, we keep on unfolding. We're still learning every day. Yeah. It's, it's a journey for sure. And dude, thank you for sharing that. That's crazy. Like that it, it's, it's really hard to talk about stuff like that. Um, and that story, man, like you really, you could have gone on the crossroad to, to be an angry person and to yeah. like really, or have too much guilt on yourself about yeah. wasn't there for my mom when she died, you know, and yeah. it's like, you kind of have to breathe and think about what's best for you and your spirituality. Yeah. And like, do I want to be a good person? Do I want to yeah. be a, a good man? Do I want to have a career and, and, and better myself? And am I, or am I just going to be an old grumpy guy? Yeah. Fuck that's that. just angry and people don't like yeah you know uh dude i had my phase too where you know before my mom died uh we weren't on good terms you know some stuff happened where my mom kind of um dug out some old skeletons from the closet you know as far as family goes and, and family dynamics and that's a whole other story um and i was not happy with it and uh you know i we weren't speaking before she died for a year we weren't speaking mm -hmm. and you know i was man i had so much guilt like it was you know it took me a long time to, uh, just the past you know two years like i said um i finally am like coming out of that whole guilt thing because and anger it was anger too of like what did i do like anger at myself like yeah why was i being selfish and you know but you had to do what you had to do. Like you're you, like I, I, I pulled out a really good mature maturity, um, level for myself at that time and really recognized, uh, what was good for me and my mental health, you know, because of something my, my mom pulled out for, as far as the family dynamic of what happened, uh, and had a great conversation with her. The last time I spoke with my mom was a three hour phone call. Like we were just on the phone for three hours and I just mm -hmm. like, cried i laughed i i'm glad i did it though what can you imagine if i didn't have a long deep conversation because i never had that type of conversation with my mom before sure i'm really grateful for that you know um but i'm not gonna live my life angry that my mom you know committed suicide and i think there's a different way of saying it by the way when i talk to therapy you know therapists they it's not committed suicide anymore. It's something different. It's like took her life or something. No, it's like it's like suffered from suicide. Oh, that's like wow. the political yeah, 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 correct yeah. term huh. to use. Um, but uh, I know it's we're we're going long right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm just checking my parking, like not to. Take oh, dude, away. yeah, I'm still Par listening. Yeah, I'm parking. Still you gotta watch out for I'm parking. Still, I'm still listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like how rude of Aaron. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to make sure you're good. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we're chilling. Because I, I, you know, f 20 minutes to you is is like no, a minute we, to me. No, we Gucci. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But uh, but no, dude. Like, I'm not gonna live my life angry, pent up. No. Nope. You know, uh, you know, 
guilt ridden or shame, feeling shame. Nope. Um, that kind of stuff will eat you apart, man, and, and not make you you'll live a bad life. Yeah, the choice know? is obvious. Like it's a very obvious choice. It's yeah. like do this or do that. Like I like after the year after my mom passed, I was like, my life's not changing, like yeah. for the better. And that's when I decided to meditate consistently. I stopped drinking alcohol, which like is I, good, man. Like that was like those are like like if you told the twenty five year old me like you're gonna stop drinking alcohol at 26 like mm-hmm. i'd be like you fucking liar like i couldn't yeah. Im- i couldn't even Im- imagine a life of not drinking alcohol and like not watching football on sunday mornings and and fucking just drinking all day sierra nevadas or whatever ipas on tap yes. like yeah. that was that football was like my season, life yeah. yeah that was like my fucking life but now it's like those two things are those two addictions of mine like watching football and drinking beer like those were like my everything and like right now it's like I, those are like the two last things that I want to do right yeah. now. Like is, is to, great. S- to spend a whole Sunday. So then it's like, okay, how many Sundays is that for the rest of my life where it's like, it used to be dedicated purely to just watching football. Like what productive thing or how can I bring value to other people? Like just generally having that space to create or develop relationships with people. It's like, it's freeing up so much energy and so much time yep. to produce things and bring things into the world that are life affirming. Yeah. It's like, Oh fuck. Like just making that decision. It's like just the preciousness of, of life is, has become very apparent in, in, in watching our parents, uh, transition to, to being light. Yeah. And light and energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and, like, it's like spirit. And it's like, we, we, I don't know, just the the lessons like I keep on harping back to. It's like they just keep on coming up. It's like it could have easily we could easily just be trauma bonding down at the bar right now and just, oh, yeah. just going shot for shot, shot and for just shot, and still having this conversation, but not from the perspective a toxic of, conversation. Uh, yeah, it would be a toxic. Oh yeah, like oh, and then my mom did oh, this, yeah. and then she didn't love me, and and blah blah blah, yeah. and, and it's like just continue Dude. that shit on for the next twenty years, yeah. and, and we'd be mad. Do you know how many people do that in this world? Yeah. They're all over the place. They're all over the place, man. They have a bad relationship, or they'll get married, they'll get divorced, and they'll have a terrible life, man, and that, you know, they'll look physically ill, even though they're, like, 45 years old. They'll look like, ooh, that guy looks like he's 60, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's one thing that I definitely need to start kind of worrying about is just health. Um, Yeah, I'm 32 now, but, like, my mom... She was a good-looking girl. She really was. She looked she, like our family. For like, we just look younger. Apparently, like my mom did not look forty-nine. Like mm-hmm. she hung out with the younger people, uh, but she didn't take care of herself. You know, mm-hmm. with alcohol. I mean, dude, you have that addiction when you're an alcoholic. Oof, that takes a toll on your body too. Yeah, you know? and, yeah, uh, yeah. And your mental health, and and it's it's weird, man, because I struggle with like the. Once my mom died, and she, I always knew she had an alcohol alcohol problem, but I never struggled with like alcohol and like yeah, I went through my like college phase and stuff like that, and like then I started DJing and like yeah, I have drinks while I DJ, but then it started really making me worried like, oh my gosh, like okay, am I drinking too much or like I don't think I think cutting out alcohol from your life and that's your decision that's amazing. I think that being aware self-aware what's happening with you Mm -hmm. because dude a lot of people drink alcohol at people who 
or religious drink alcohol, you know? Um, but you, it's a slippery slope if you go too far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, if you're drinking to feel, I mean, like that's a whole yeah, that's a, a all other conversation. Yeah, I just gotta find somebody who <laughs> who is or was an alcoholic at some point and be like, oh, yeah. what's that journey like? Because that's a whole that's a whole that's, thing, man. Yeah, it totally is. With with that, and I'll I'll end on I guess that I guess, but just alcohol. It allows since quitting alcohol i realized that i have the same relation like alcohol is a relationship mm-hmm. and it's it's somebody said or somebody says it's like like an addiction is something that you keep on doing and don't get the results that you want oh wow that's an or oh wait. and then that's another another one is an addiction you're addicted to something that almost works out so it's like it's it, it it's almost works out. It's like it's out of your reach. Yeah, but it's you just keep like, going. You keep yeah. consuming. You keep yeah. consuming. You keep. It reaching. almost works out. It's not quite there, but it, it 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 you're still like inspired in thinking that you can do it. But it's just the fact that it just can't. That's it, it, never, it doesn't work out for you. But I can analyze that. Like my addict, my I have like a food addiction too, or at least I use I yeah. use food in the same way that I use alcohol. Gotcha. Which is to like stuff down emotions and and to kind of like debilitate like myself from feeling Mm -hmm. and that's something that that yeah i use food so i can analyze my relationship to different things like screen time on my phone yeah the screen time to food to alcohol are very like closely related with one another it's just a distraction to get away from feeling feeling the emotions but luckily like we have time like this where we can feel the emotion and articulate and, and uh, showcase like what we're actually experiencing and then like stuff that we haven't really allowed ourselves to experience or to put into words and now we have it on wax. There you go. Yeah. That, well, I want to like thank that. you yeah. so much for taking this time and this is real powerful work that yeah, we're dude, doing that, right here. This is... Honestly, I feel good. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> like, I feel like this, is, whoo, this like, is a real celebration too. Yeah, it's it's a celebration. Like, my mom, her name is Christina Farnsworth, and she's f- well. She when she died, she was forty nine, and it's been two years. So, like, every year on June 29th, I wear red because mm-hmm. that was her favorite color. She wore red all the time. She wore a red bandana. She was like. She was so woo. Yeah, man. So she uh so anyway, that's that's her story um a little bit and that's kind of my story and I'm glad that we we did this. Yeah. And it was kind I was kind of like low key like I said earlier. I was a little procrastinating a little bit. I was kind of ticking my time. No, when the time when the time but, is right. But like subconscious, right? Like you kind of don't want to talk about feelings, but it's like I'm mean, obviously like I, this is great and I have a I had a good time, yeah. and um, I want to do this again. But, uh, yeah, man, I do appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Interwebs. Uh, Instagram is at uh, DJ Swerth. It's D-J-S-W-O-R-T-H. You can find me on Bandcamp. I've got a couple of downloads there, and I'm working on, like, an EP, actually, right now. And, uh, and some edits, some good, like, remixes and stuff. So... Um, and SoundCloud, if you want to hear a few of my mixes, um, I don't upload too many mixes right now because I'm working on producing and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you have any questions about, um, you know, DJing and you guys w- want to hit me up, it's DJ Swerth. I'm here in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, 
Thank you. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you, Swerth, and thank you all for listening to Opening Presents. Mm-hmm.